Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Good, good morning. Welcome back to the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 107.1. We're going to be bringing you Channel 5's ABC coverage of the George Floyd funeral happening in Houston right now. Uh, we'll join up so you can all listen. And good day from Houston, and thank you for joining us during this defining period in American history. A short time from now, the funeral service for George Floyd will begin right here in his hometown of Houston. Just 24 hours ago, we were here and we watched as thousands of people from all over, from all backgrounds, all walks of life, lined up for hours in the sweltering heat to pay their respects. George Floyd was killed while in police custody in Minneapolis 15 days ago. An officer with his knee on Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. The world hearing those three chilling words, I can't breathe, and his call to his mother. Those images now burned into the American consciousness, igniting what has become a global movement in his name. Across this country in large cities and small, marchers by the thousands taking to the streets in the middle of this pandemic, so many wearing masks, demanding justice and change. Conversations about race and equality taking place in homes all over this nation. Congress is now debating police reform. Former Vice President Joe Biden meeting with the Floyd family here in Houston yesterday, paying his respects. We will hear a video message from him during today's service, celebrating the life of George Floyd, a man they called a father, a friend, a gentle giant. I'm joined today by my ABC News colleagues and Nightline anchor Byron Pitts among them. He's right here in Houston with me and Byron. I know that this service is going to be a service filled with grief, celebration, but also a real commitment as we move forward. David, with, without question, uh, we're outside the Fountain of Praise Church, a non-denominational church here in Houston, one of the largest churches in this city. But it comes out of the Pentecostal tradition, so we expect a lively service full of passion, full of scripture. And to your point, it will start off at, with grief, people crying, weeping the loss of this man, their friend, their father, their relative. Then it will transition to a celebration. We may even hear laughter. People talk about the man that they knew. Not the martyr that the nation has come to recognize, but the man that they knew. And then finally, it will transition to a call to action. What will the members of this family, what will the members of this congregation, what will Houston, what will our nation do moving forward to make the circumstances that took George Ford's life make those situations change? David? Byron Pitts with us all afternoon long, late morning here in Houston, local time. And as he mentioned, the Fountain of Praise Church right here behind us, expected to be a celebration of life, uh, but certainly a moment for this family. This story has been so public for 15 days now. This is really a day for the family. We should mention that later in the day when he is taken uh, to be buried, he'll be buried next to his mother. Of course, not far from here, there'll be a Houston police escort of Floyd's body, his mother, Larcinia Floyd, known as Sissy, and he'll be buried right alongside her. And of course, the world listened as he called out for his mother. And I want to bring in ABC's Deborah Roberts, because Deborah, you and I have talked about this. You have talked with mothers across this country. Not only the words, I can't breathe, but the words uh, from George Floyd himself calling out to his mother in those final moments. 
David, I think that is what sets this heartbreaking uh, episode apart from so many others, and there have been others, sadly. Uh, the numerous references to his mother, as you said, he's going to be buried next to his mother. I read that he had his mother's name tattooed on his body. But I think what broke so many people, particularly moms across this country, is that in his dying breath, he called out to the person who gave him life, his mother. And I think that it pricked something in the hearts of women, and not just black mothers, but mothers all over. And I have spent the last week speaking with a number of mothers, David. And I think for them, this is something that is just, uh, just something they can't get their minds around. And the one thing, if there is a flicker of some light in this darkness, I think it is this vow that a lot of moms are saying, we've got to do better. We've got to teach our children better. We've got to raise children differently. And I think that this call to action on the part of moms is what feels new and what feels hopeful in this very, very difficult time, David. Well, I can tell you, Deborah, that Wanda Cooper-Jones is here. She's the mom of Ahmaud Arbery, also uh, Eric Garner's mother here at the church today. And I, I talked with Wanda in the last 24 hours, and she said, sadly, she's now part of that club of mothers. Uh, but now that she is part of that group, she will work to make sure that other mothers in the future don't go through what she has been through uh, and what so many mothers have been through. And her point with me was to say that there are so many mothers whose names we simply don't know. Uh, and that's why she came, made the distance, that trip here to Houston today. I want to bring in Marcus Moore because he reports for us uh, from Houston. Uh, this is his home base. And, and Marcus, I know that you have watched in recent days the tens of thousands who've taken to the streets here in Houston. And we should remember George Floyd, uh, the man, the child who grew up in the, the third ward here. There was so much hope surrounding him. He was a football star. He graduated. Uh, he went to college. Uh, he had dreamed at one point, I know his second grade teacher uh, has spoken out about what he would write in class, saying that he wanted to be a, a Supreme Court justice one day. Today will be a celebration of that life. Yeah, absolutely, David. And when you talk to people here, you do get the sense that uh, George Floyd's name today does represent the obvious uh, pain that uh, his family and people across the globe are feeling. But it also represents represents hope uh, that, that indeed a, a kid from the third ward of Houston uh, can do big things. And here in Texas, uh, high school football, uh, it is king. And he was a star on the football field as well as the basketball court and really gave people the community and his classmates a hope in the way sports uh, sports can and then in a tragic way George Floyd's name also represents the, the hope that there could be a real change as it relates to racial injustice and police brutality as we've seen galvanizing people uh, across the globe a global movement uh, we see it in the mural here in the neighborhood where he grew up and the mural in Minneapolis uh, where uh, thousands of people have gathered there and also the marches, uh, David, 60,000 people gathered for a march through the streets of downtown Houston to honor George Floyd. And 6,300 people showed up to his visitation yesterday as he begins, we begin the process of saying goodbye. And so it's clear that Floyd touched a lot of people, those who knew him and the strangers who didn't. And today, uh, through his, his tragic death, um, everyone knows his name. And some people wonder if his death uh, will be the beginning of real change here uh, in this country. 
Marcus Moore, who has been following us from the start uh, here in Houston. We have our eyes trained on the inside of the church today where we know uh, the music has begun. The family has been asked to sit. Uh, family and loved ones, the immediate family expected to uh, make their entrance shortly. I do want to bring in Alex Prez, who's watching our coverage with us here today from Minneapolis, where he has been reporting for two weeks now. And Marcus Moore mentioned that memorial in Minneapolis. Alex and both you and I have had the privilege to talk with Terrence Floyd, George Floyd's brother. And I know it was so moving that moment you witnessed right there with him when he collapsed to the ground and, and what we witnessed in Brooklyn at Cadman Plaza when he said the peaceful demonstrations must continue. He denounced the violence, but he said he's been so moved by the sea of faces, uh, black, white, Latino, people from all different backgrounds rallying to his brother's cause here in this country, Alex. You're listening yeah, David, to the uh, funeral of uh, George Floyd at the Fountain of Praise Church in Houston. This is the ABC coverage that we're carrying. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in 60 seconds. And by that time, we will see if the family has been seated and if the funeral uh, gets started. Coming up next. <laughs> You're listening to My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment, where we will be bringing you back to the ABC live coverage of the funeral for George Floyd. Right now, uh, the family has not even been seated. Um, they are in Houston at the Fountain of Praise Church. Looks like they're walking in now, but right now it's just sort of like um, talk over what's happening. So as soon as someone's at a podium, we'll bring that up. Absolutely. Um, they're calling it a celebration of life for George Floyd, who, of course, was killed 15 days ago here in Minneapolis um, at the hands of a police officer. Um, he will be buried alongside his mother, Lucinda Floyd, um, at Houston Memorial Gardens. Um, we've heard one of the re local reporters in Houston say that through his tragic death, everyone knows his name. Uh, he grew up in Houston in the Third Ward. And I'm sure we're going to be hearing from family, uh, friends, people who knew him. You know, we were we were talking about this the other day. I wonder, considering all of everything that has um, happened since George Floyd's death, I wonder for his family, does this does this sort of leave them in a state of shock and almost? I don't think it would soften the grief. I wonder if it might delay the grief. And here's what I mean. When he died, you know, if if when he took his last breath, if someone could have whispered to him, I wonder, I always think this when someone passes away, like if they knew, if someone could have whispered to him, you changed the world, and then he mm. takes his last breath, would he have any, I mean, what would he think to know of the impact? And I wonder as his family goes from service to service, cameras are everywhere you cannot go a day i mean imagine if you lost someone and then you were watching cnn at night and then they said that person's that that family member's name um you know all of this happening as a result of the death of insert your family member there your family member in a sense becomes this this icon this this symbol of injustice and change that needs to happen and frankly um like a celebrity status for mm -hmm. this flashpoint in history. Yes. And I just wonder how the family feels uh, in regards to all of that. If it 
since they're staying so busy, because anybody dies, what happens? You go and you go to the funeral and you usually walk away and say, goodness, they seem so strong at the visitation or the viewing or whatever. Right. And it's because they're busy and they're setting up funeral plans and, you know, making sure that someone's going to bring a casserole afterward and all that kind of stuff. Imagine how amplified that is for his family. And I wonder how that is impacting the normal schedule of grief for them, if it's softening it, if it's accentuating it. Right. I wonder. I think when his brother spoke here in Minneapolis um, at that memorial service, I think he said that his, you know, he kind of said he would not believe this, like he would be blown away. And I think you're right about there's there's that little bit of a, a level of still being in a state of shock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ha- has everything resonated yet? You right. know, and s- oftentimes that comes much later. But um, we're hearing that George Floyd played football for Houston's uh, Yates High School as a tight end. And we heard one of the reporters say, you know, in in Texas, football is king. You know, that is oh, for sure. It's like such a huge thing. Um Anyway, it looks like uh, Reverend Al Sharpton is going to be speaking in Houston today at the funeral for George Floyd. I found it pretty remarkable when he gave the eulogy last week at the memorial service for George Floyd that happened here in Minneapolis. Now, I I wasn't I I was turning away. We had it on in the Twin Cities live room as it was Mm. up to Twin Cities live. So we're prepping for the show and we're keeping an eye on the TV. But I don't think. Reverend Sharpton was looking down at notes much, and he spoke for, I think, oh, about 45 or 50 minutes. He's an and incredible thought, speaker, yeah. Whoa. But it, I'm always amazed whenever someone is able to speak, especially about something there that is so, that America, the world, is listening. Yes. And it seemed like he didn't have notes, and he didn't stumble at all. It was um, really impressive. Also, the, um, is his name Ben Crump? Is that his name? Yes. The, uh, yeah. the attorney for the, the family. family. Attorney. Uh, mm-hmm. He was incredible, too. Yeah, I mean, right. just yes, that is quite right. the gift to be able to stand and and speak in that manner. Very incredible. Uh, we're keeping an eye on this. If you're just joining us, uh, we plan to be joining the funeral for George Floyd in Houston. Um, I believe the family is being seated as we speak. Dawn, you have a better look than uh, at the coverage than I do from where I am. Uh, we're not hearing I gotcha. Don. Okay. I hear Don. You do? I hear Don. Yeah. Oh, I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Interesting. I do not hear oh, Dawn. Oh, Donna cannot hear Dawn. Can but you hear I me can now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, uh, so the family has walked in and there's a lot of singing going on. So, so the reporters on ABC... Uh, they're they're talking over the singing and and sure. um, so that's the situation that's going on right now as far as um, they're doing some commentary on what they're seeing um, and I think yeah there there are so many people filling the church right now and what's really if you aren't able to watch the live coverage it's a beautiful sight to see all of his family members dressed in white um, oh wow and you know it's just very powerful. 
you know, they're all hugging at one point and, um, you know, it's just the beginning of the ceremony where there's a lot of singing going on and they're getting seated. Sure. The service, by the way, comes a day after the church held a six hour public viewing uh, of his body that was attended 6, by 6,000 people. Yes, thousands and thousands of people, um, including former Vice President Joe Biden, uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Uh, Biden is slated to give a video message during the private service. So um, and then again, following the funeral, uh, George Floyd will be buried in Houston Memorial Gardens in Perland, uh, Perland. That is um, uh, next to his mother. um, Mm -hmm. And that is according to the family's representatives. Um, So earlier he had, of course, a memorial service here in Minneapolis, and then he had one in North Carolina where he was born with thousands of people and dignitaries, uh, including the Reverend Al Sharpton, who was also there. So we. Yeah, it's it's been such a whirlwind um, for for this family. And it's I I just I've, I've had this thought so many times. What what are what what are they saying to each other? At the end of a night, do you know what I mean? As yeah. they're sitting in the living room together, there must be this in the midst of such grief of losing um, someone that you love, a family member, a friend. In the midst of that, this surreal like aura that surrounds this right now. Absolutely, where he will very likely, you know, the name George Floyd will be written about in history books right now you know i mean it is just it is just really fascinating when you when you think of that and so yeah i wonder they there seems to be a whole lot of grief right here and right now but i wonder if any of it is dulled or delayed um and if after there's sort of a come down from all of this right it's got to be yeah i've heard you talking about this steve i i think that you know, unfortunately, he has become, you know, nobody wanted this man to die. Uh, right. And and now the delayed grief must be so overwhelming, not only just to lose someone you love, but at the hands of a police officer and have it be so public. It's just it's just you couldn't I bet they won't stop grieving. Right. For the As, rest of their life. You know, and it's just Add to that, of course, the fact that his death was captured on on camera, mm-hmm. and it's forever there. Yeah, that's that that adds a wrinkle to it. Um, they were talking about the the video of George Floyd. The reason why it is so jarring and why it has just sort of captured everyone. So the director of Selma. Ava DuVernay, mm-hmm. she explained why it was. And part of that is it was on video. It wasn't a body cam where you just see the face of the black man in this case and you don't see the policeman. But instead, you see both of their faces turned to camera perfectly, perfectly framed. framed the whole time. Yep. yep. And that is really just adds a potency to it that we've not really experienced before. Absolutely. I mean, this, yeah. I was driving to work today and I saw, because I was stuck in traffic and I was at a standstill, I got a good look at some of the graffiti and um, never again, somebody Mm -hmm. sprayed, uh, George Floyd's name was there. And then I saw somebody with um, like a cardboard homemade um, sign 
in the back of their car that just said George Floyd. So just to, you know, give you an idea like that is a name that won't be forgotten for sure. Yeah, no kidding. You know, my dad, who uh, does amateur photography, he um, he's down at the George Floyd uh, mural today. Oh, taking pictures great. and down at Cup Foods and all of that. And so yeah. he just wanted to go and document that. Um, and he wanted to do it after the crowd subsided. A little bit and after you know the the pomp and circumstance of lights and cameras and news reporters and all that sure um, had moved away so that you could see a little more of just the the authentic milling about but it's uh, so he just sent me a, a cell phone photo from it man it's I got to get over there to see that yeah, it's such I would a powerful like to image I would like to as well I think that is something that everybody should definitely see um, if you're just joining us, we're monitoring the funeral for George Floyd at the Fountain of Praise Church in Houston. And uh, once somebody gets to the podium to begin speaking, we will join ABC News's uh, coverage of this celebration of life. So and they did mention uh, I, one of the ABC uh, folks who was talking about it said that this is a Pentecostal church. And so you can expect it to get. Um, a little rowdy at some point where they will, sure. especially when they're doing a celebration of life, you know, where it starts and there's a solemn tone. And by the end, there's this wonderful, almost uh, determination mm-hmm. of, of folks at a Pentecostal church to just say, we're going to, we are going to praise our way through this. We're going to find ways to be grateful and, you know, lift our Spirited. gaze up in the midst yes, of it. Absolutely. Yeah, Impressive George watch. Floyd, of course, um, grew up in Houston in uh, the city's third ward where those that knew him said he was loved by family and friends alike who often referred to him as a gentle giant. Uh, he stood at six feet, six inches. Um, that's that is a very large uh, person. Yeah. Six foot oh, yeah. six. So um, I think what we will do is um, come back to the coverage uh, do you think do you guys want to yeah yeah um yeah we'll take a break here and then or I'm yeah, not supposed when we to come say back that. maybe yeah. things will have uh yeah. buttoned up and by then yeah yeah, yeah. Just, you know this is we're peeking in on their celebration that's being right. filmed uh, right. it's not for broadcast exactly, you know, so. yeah. exactly. Yeah. they do this on their own time right yep. so we'll just Absolutely. go with the flow and bring you uh what we can when we come right back on uh, my talk Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Uh, we are keeping an eye on the coverage from ABC News of the George Floyd funeral. Um, right now, there's a lot of uh, singing going on. People are still being seated. There's so many people. And uh, once things get underway, mm-hmm. we will uh, go live to that coverage. Yeah, the anchors are just doing some commentary right now. So okay. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be, I know... Social distancing is always a tricky thing during a time like this, uh, but it looks like there are a lot of people there at the Fountain of Praise Church in Houston. So uh, it's looks like there's going to be quite a thing. What I haven't seen yet is remember we had the celebrity shoutouts uh, during the Minneapolis Memorial mm-hmm. Service. Kevin Hart was there, yeah. Ludacris was there. Um, I haven't seen if there are um, any celebrities 
in attendance. They got the the nice front row seats for uh, for the one in Minneapolis, but I haven't seen them looking at the coverage now. I would imagine yeah. that there would be. Well, that's another thing. They mentioned at the Minneapolis one that George Floyd, uh, I believe it was his brother, who said he was a huge fan of LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And there I am thinking again, man, what if he knew? What if you told him, like, LeBron James will know your name, will say your name. Um, I mean, I think at some point you're going to see sure. LeBron James when the NBA returns wearing a George Floyd shirt. It is, it, it's, it's just this really crazy moment. And so I wonder how that would have impacted, you know, you, it's, it's heartbreaking because you wish he would be alive now on earth to know about this stuff and that his life mattered you know yes right that's the thing his life mattered absolutely yeah and so you hope that he's you know um able to look down from heaven on all of the impact and 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 how he is being celebrated and more importantly how it's going to create positive change for for people after him for black people after him that it's a real legacy um that is just it's mind-boggling when you think about what it's already how it's already shaped our culture in the last you know 14 15 days well and finally people are starting to listen you know and again i i do wonder if we hadn't had this pandemic had would this had fallen on some deaf ears sure. you know and just you know it's easy to go oh that's terrible you know, and right. then go on with mm-hmm. your life. But I think people are really um, participating and paying attention this time. Yes, not that, not that people didn't before, but to this degree, to this degree, and I think yeah. it's because it's happened during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I really, because everything has stopped. You know, yes, like we're at a standstill right now. I feel like in this, and there have been so many tragedies before this, but this one, which is clearly now this flashpoint, haven't you heard more white people Absolutely. talking to each other saying, we got to do better? Yes. yes. You know, like just suburban white people just saying, you know what? And and, and that, that do better might also mean, uh, because I, you know, some people might be, be thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm not a racist. Okay. But being uh, being aware like actually saying i will intentionally conjure up empathy in Mm. my heart for people who have experienced a different life than i have and i will intentionally uh, view them with dignity and view them as equal and you know no longer be passive that's exactly right right. and not have microaggressions you know bringing those to light talking about it with people these are all such important things. It Admissions. goes way beyond, uh, you know, just him losing his life. Absolutely. I mean, and and you need to not be defensive, too. I think that's really important to accept responsibility for real thoughts that you may have that are passive. I, I have really appreciated hearing from other people tap into the theme of exploring your own hidden prejudices in your heart and just trying to be aware of where have I had a blind spot before. And we've heard uh, Jimmy Fallon talked about that. Um, Jimmy Kimmel talked about that. And the fact of the matter is, uh, going back to our theme of self-awareness today, Mm -hmm. we all have some of that in our heart, you know, where you look at somebody who's different from you and it causes fear or it causes you to look down or, you know, whatever it might be. And they might be hidden deep down in there, but it, this is a good time to excavate all that stuff, to get those weeds 
out. I heard my, my brother-in-law mentioned in passing, and I can't attribute the quote, but I thought it seemed rather poignant. There was someone who said, um, a representative from the black community, I believe, said, if people only loved black people as much as they love black culture, it would be so different. Meaning, everybody loves the hip-hop music, and they love all of these elements of the culture right. of it. But when push comes to shove, we've talked about this. Donna, you mentioned this last week. If you run through that experiment um, that you were talking with a friend and said, if there were black neighbors who moved into your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly, instead of having five white neighbors, you had five black neighbors, would you feel that that was a dangerous area? Right. Would that make you feel insecure, unsafe, whatever it might be? Mm -hmm. And that is this hidden prejudice that's in our heart if you say yes to that. And it's like, wait a minute, why do I think that way? And I need to... I need to dismantle that and instead weave in some truth. I just keep thinking, man, we got to look at each other as like this beautiful representation of God, the creator who made us all so different and celebrate those differences. Right. doesn't mean we have to be like each other, but we need to celebrate and lift each other up, honoring Absolutely. those differences that we have. Uh, you know, an experiment that I've been doing, or I should say an exercise that I'm taking part in right now is I'm going to start reading books. Uh, that mm. have to do with these biases. I'm going to start watching movies that have to do with this. I just watched um, Just Mercy, which has been offered on demand for free. Uh, the movie came out, I believe, in December. And it's about this Harvard graduate who heads to Alabama to defend those wrongly condemned or those not afforded proper representation as far as the legal system goes. And um, it really just shows systemic racism in the American uh, penal system. And I think those types of movies, as me, as a white woman, I feel like I need to, I need to watch more of and yeah. educate myself a little. I was talking to um, uh, my... Oh, by the way, yesterday was National Best Friends Day. Oh, we yeah. To celebrate. You're my best friend. Um, I was oh. talking to my, <laughs> I was talking to your real uh, best friend my my real best friend uh, <laughs> my best friend Nick so uh, Nick is a black man and he's married to a white woman so he and I were talking on the phone last week and he he said you know he and his wife um, never really watch movies on social justice or on issues of race etc mm-hmm. and he said part of that might be because of the baked in like well, she's a white woman and I'm a black guy and watching this just, you know, it's kind of like, why don't we just create our own way? And maybe, um, you know, we can create our own culture of what we know we want this to be like and we don't have to, to sit through that. And he said, but we we watched 13th, which is uh, it's on Netflix. It's a documentary about the prison system and the business of the prison system and um, how it is tilted against uh the black community mm-hmm. and he said we watched that and i he, his encouragement to me was if you don't watch anything else watch that just watch it and, and just you know be open and considerate and help it to reveal some blind spots that you might have and the last thing he told me before we got off the phone uh he said hey just do me this favor and and like don't don't give up on this conversation because he and i were talking about how we're having conversations and i'm realizing like this is my first time really leaning into this other times that this injustice would happen i and i'm not proud to say this would essentially sort of turn away and say 
I'm glad that that happened far away, you know, okay, and let's mm-hmm. just focus on the good in the world. And like, sure. and, and there's the, this focus on the good, I, I think, is a worthy sentiment at times, but there are other times when it is called for, for you to stare the the bad thing in the face mm-hmm. so that you become aware of what it is and how it could be impacting for you sure. and move from it. Absolutely. This time, I have dealt with it. I have felt that it hit closer to home, and quite frankly, that me might be because it hit closer to absolutely our home. Absolutely, home. yes. Yeah. Um, so. You know, we're gonna we're gonna pause for a moment, and hopefully, when we come back, uh, we will join already in progress the funeral of George Floyd in Houston. We've got ABC's coverage, and uh, hopefully, when we come back, somebody uh, will be speaking. So, don't go away. You're listening to my talk 107.1. You're listening to my talk 1071, everything entertainment with Donna and Steve. We're now going to join Channel 5's ABC coverage of the George Floyd funeral. Come on, I want to say it again. This will be a homegoing celebration of Brother George Floyd's life. Now, you know what that means. That means foot stomping, toe tapping, shouting hallelujah, praising God. Amen. Because we are celebrating his life. But just before we begin this homegoing celebration, let me just thank publicly all of those people that helped to make this come to pass. I want to begin with Esquire Benjamin Crump. Thank you for watching out over this family. In times of devastation, someone has to stand up and take the lead. And thank God that you have done that, just that, brother. And then also the Reverend Al Sharpton. Thank you for, through North Carolina and Minneapolis, continuing to sound the trumpet yes. and let people know that this is about injustice and we want to see justice served. And then locally, I want to thank our mayor and Mayor Pro Tem, who've done such a wonderful job at making all the resources of this city available uh, to, uh, to have the reviewing yesterday. As a matter of fact, we had a viewing yesterday with tens of thousands of people that came through these doors. And it came off without a hitch because we made sure HPD was here and the fire department was here and uh, people were here, EMT specialists were here. We had people here from everywhere. They were giving out water. For all of those of you that donated your services, your resources, we want to thank you. On behalf of this family, we thank you, thank you, thank you. To Brother George Anderson, who was our chief operating officer of this church, and Brother Dallas Jones working together in tandem to make sure everything was pulled together, thank you. This is an enormous task. This is a gigantic responsibility. And for people that look at it and think, well, you know, I wouldn't have done it this way. You don't know how you would have done it if you had this many people. Right. This many people funneling through your doors. But thank God we didn't have any problems. Everybody was respectful. Everybody was sensitive to what the family is facing. And we're just glad to know that we have such a great team here in Houston. And so, me, I think it's ready for us to have some church, don't it's you? It's time for us to have church. Yeah. It's time for us to celebrate his life. We may weep, we may mourn, we'll be comforted, and we will find hope. That is for sure. We want to follow the program that is already printed, but for those who do not have programs, the musical selection will be led by Pastor Kimberrell and this Houston aggregate of singers, amen, who have blessed us already. We are so delighted to have them here. Um, Reverend Arthur Rucker of the Fountain of Praise will do a part of the scriptural reading, the Old Testament. Reverend Gusta Booker, who is Pastor Emeritus of Greater St. Matthew Baptist Church here in Houston, Texas, will do the New Testament reading. And Reverend Dr. Mary White, who leads the prison ministry here at the Fountain of Praise, she will offer prayer of comfort to the family. 
after which there will be a video montage that I think all of you will enjoy. So in that order, we're asking them to come now. Someone say amen. that this is a real family with real feelings. There are a lot of us in here who have sat in that position, and it hurt. I want you to know the moment that the world announced that George Floyd had left the earth physically. We became family. Everyone in this room, if we can, just center our love around this family because I know what it means to hurt to leave, to have a loved one to leave. So we stand here and celebrate his life. But I want to leave you with these words. Be not dismayed, whatever, whatever be time, oh Lord, God will, I know, he will take care of, of you. His wings of love, of love abide. Remember, God will, He will take care of you. But all of this is silent, remember God.
If you're just joining us, we are bringing you ABC's live coverage of the George Floyd funeral service in Houston, Texas. I told you. They're gonna bring Damn. they're gonna bring the celebration in. Listen and, to that. And they're starting right away too. She is an amazing singer, whoever yeah. she is. There is uh, if you've just a good gospel song, it like it rings the rag dry. There's no water left at the end. They have squeezed it all out. So Absolutely. I, you know, and I them really leaning into this will be a celebration. Um and, and they just mentioned, look, it's a real person. It's a it's a mm-hmm. historical moment, but there's a real person here with a real grieving family. Right. But it also feels like it could be healing, uh, hopefully for the family and for the country. The tone of this service could uh, offer some healing for the country. I think you're absolutely right, Steve. I have goosebumps from this performance. Yes, I mean, some things cannot just be spoken. They have to be sung. Mm-hmm. And I hope that, that this truth. is providing healing for the family. I do, Just to too. feel these emotions and to be in the yeah. moment with their family and shut the rest of the world out for a moment and have God heal them. Like yes. she said, God will yeah. heal you. Absolutely. Yeah, um, That's good stuff, man. Uh, this is taking place at Fountain of Praise uh, Pentecostal Church in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Uh, the family is in attendance. They're uh, showing uh, the mural of George Floyd. It's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. As you look at those murals behind him too, uh, George Floyd mm-hmm. with like angel wings behind him. Mm-hmm. There again, you think you know how he has become the face of change, and it's just just crazy. So it's absolutely, and the whole world is you know listening and watching. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, Colleen and Bradley are going to continue to bring you this coverage of ABC News and the funeral of George Floyd. We're going to make room for those guys uh, who are coming in. And um, I don't know, maybe this song will still be playing. Listen, they, they're not afraid to sit in a song. They need to sing. At a gospel church, they are not afraid to sit in a song. So here's hoping. Absolutely. Uh, you guys uh, have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands, like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.